Mikey. What up, homie? Yo, Mosley. Yo. Mosley. I'm intergalactic. <laughs> yeah, intergalactic planetary. Don't think you get with your uh, I say you and you get smiled. I guess you and you get wild. I don't know you get the wild. Yeah, get with your chicken. Go fuck a chicken. I don't know. He actually says shit like that. Get with your chicken. Yeah, get with your chicken. This is a hardcore punk band. Formed in 1979. Sometimes when we record, I feel like I've missed my calling. Feel as if I should be one of those guys that does TV commercials or he does the weather. Okay. I don't know how... You listen to this band? Is this a band? You could just fill in the blanks after those words in so many different ways. They're a boy band. I don't know how. Fill in the blank. It's all true. I don't know how any of this. Yeah. This is the most annoying popular band in history. We're, we're going to refer to them as boy band from now on. Yeah. They're America's first rap boy band. Aww. I don't understand how you go from being in a hardcore punk band to... To a rap boy band? Your mom threw away your best porno mags. mags. Yeah, I don't know. What? I want to come back to that line later, by the way. I want to talk about that for a while. But, uh, dude, punk rock and rap, they overlap so much. I don't understand how or why this happens, but one thing I can tell you and I can tell everyone listening to this. I was going to say, you're not just telling me. If they've made it past our annoying ass intro is The Clash successfully, successfully on radio did a hip hop song in 1981 with The Magnificent Seven, a song that became a hit on WBLS in New York City. So right out of the gate, anyone who thinks the Beastie Boys broke down some kind of historically important barrier or something, go fuck yourselves. P.S. The first song on License to Ill samples The Clash. So, hmm, drop <laughs> it. The thing that sucks is people couldn't see the, the gesture that you made for anybody just listening to this. Tyler just did the arms crossed <laughs> b-boy. I don't know, b-boy thing, which really tied it together. All right, no bullshit. Let's so this is what you're saying is, is more than likely the Beastie Boys in 1981 were listening to the radio and they were still a punk band, If uh -huh. I guess. I don't know. Uh -huh. Whatever they were. Uh -huh. uh, and they were hypothetically influenced to change their sound. You know that's right. <laughs> Are you going to do this? the whole episode come leaving no you're not you're stuck here i got a contract <laughs> biatch we're just gonna start talking about license to ill now we're powering through this we don't give a fuck it's late it's, late. it's super late the album license to ill was originally supposed to be titled trigger warning i'm not joking if you can't handle uh i don't know well, offensive speech this is history here we're not making this shit up the title of this album was supposed to be don't be a faggot that was really what it was going to be called. Not joking. I don't think it would have held up. Really? In time. Do you think not? It would have probably not gone down in the history books. I think you're probably right about that. Call me crazy. And yeah, they have apologized for this. The whole group seems to have thrown themselves pretty hardcore into anti-hate speech efforts to make amends for all of this. So every one of you who is all about forgive and forget, you do your thing. Here's my thing. I may forgive. I never forget. Yeah. I uh, choose not to remember. Yeah, man. Then I don't have to forget. It's deep. Not only is this, I think maybe the most annoying of the most successful commercial bands of all time, it's clearly 
intentionally annoying. That's my thing with it. They're trying to get in your face and yeah. weird. <laughs> it is like children, obnoxious kids. That I'm not you touching don't like. you. I'm not touching yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, I'm yeah. not touching you. <laughs> it's like two and three year olds just being shitty. And then they decided they're going to put out music. Nobody would do that unless they were trying to be annoying. And here's my thing. I don't understand why anyone would try to annoy other people on purpose. Yeah, that's, that's why... Why would you? What kind of person would sit down and be like, okay, you know what we should do? We should do a thing that we know for a fact is going to annoy people. Yeah, and then they actually take the time to record it. Like who? They like, actually record it. No, but like what kind of person would do that? I don't know. Who would do that? Bad people. Why would you want to annoy other people? I don't get it. Think about the time that it takes to actually decide to do it. Do you not have something better to do? Yeah. What the fuck? You can't find something better to do with your time? That's a fair question. It's just, I don't, I don't get I don't it. get it. I don't get it. No, I don't either. I don't think I'll ever get it. I think it's really shitty, to be honest. It's not for me. You know, no. I can say sure. that. I can say sure. that. I can say that. Sure. I can say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you are saying it. Yeah. And I agree with I it. I can say that. It's not for me either. Anyways, the band, I hate it. The boy, the boy, the boy band. Band is weird. The boy band known as the Beastie Boys. People consider this rap. They are rap artists that put out a song called You Have to Fight for Your Right to Party. You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party. Which, if you think about where they stole, which is what they did, an entire genre of music, rap, or hip-hop, do you think other artists were singing about fighting for the right to party? I would wonder what rights they may have been fighting for. Don't remember the NWA song where they said, we need to write a song about fighting for our rights to party. Mm-hmm. Not not anything else, like, I don't know, live a comfortable life, not get shot by cops. You gotta fight for your right to not get shot by a cop. <laughs> you, gotta you gotta fight yeah. for your right yeah. to survive! Yeah. yeah, see, dude, you should... You, <laughs> <laughs> your mom threw away your best bulletproof vest. Think about that for one fucking second, though. You hijack this music, and then you take your platform, <laughs> and you put out a song about how you have to fight for your right to party. I don't know about you, but that sounds like white privilege to yeah, me. It depends on who the you is in this situation. If the you that they're talking to is me, white kid, yeah, maybe I do feel like I have to fight for my right to party. Right. But if the you is not me... This music does not relate to, to anybody else. There is a list of rights that I have to <laughs> fight for, and party is nowhere near the fucking top of that list. <laughs> I have to feel like somebody that grew up in less fortunate situations where they actually have to like be aware of their surroundings and be concerned for their life every day. Listen to this and we're like, what the fuck is this bullshit? It's a fight for right to party. Fuck off, dude. Here's what's really fucking annoying. The Beastie Boys. Yeah, the Beastie Boys. The end. (laughs) A lot of people think that they were just joking on this first album that they put out. And I want to get into it more. I want to talk more about what this first album is, like what they were saying on it and what it meant and everything. But a lot of people treat it like it was supposed to be this comedy act. And first of all, I don't see a lot of comedians apologizing for their acts. When was the last time you saw a comedian apologizing for their bit? Not Louis C.K. apologizing for being a human piece of trash. No, yeah. The Beastie Boys have flat out fucking apologized 
for what they are. Listen, it doesn't get any easier than when the band has literally apologized for what they are. And if you want to defend it, they don't. Yeah. They don't even want to defend it. So what the fuck is wrong with you that you want to defend it? But here's the thing. It's really easy to say we were just kidding, you know, after the fact. But the reality is they were doing this party idiot act way before they even started recording that album. Uh, never mind that they carried that homophobia that's in the album over to the interviews that they were doing. Never mind dropping hard R and bombs on stage at the Apollo Theater and then running for their lives. This shit happened. Is it on video? Fuck no, that's not on video. <laughs> it would just be the best thing ever. It's always hilarious to me when music critics fall in love with frat boy music. And if you don't think this is frat boy music. This is quintessential oh, fucking frat oh boy music. Oh my God. Please explain to me why the Dave Matthews band has covered Brass Monkey. Yeah. And please explain to me why Fish has covered Sabotage if this is not white frat boy music yeah this is i'm I'm gonna do it while we're actually sitting here i'm gonna google search frat boy music and i guarantee you at least something here music i'm 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 doing this i'm literally doing it right now it's a rolling stones thing but it's a slide oh dude it's one of those fucking things you mean rolling stone magazine yes rolling stone magazine yeah i promise you that beastie boys is on there 100 percent. no no they are for sure oh 311 Beastie Boys, dude, right there. I, Boom. Yeah. The second band. Yeah, I know. 311 is the first. Beastie Boys is the second. It's on there because of all of this shit that we're talking about. All right, I want to talk about the lyric, your mom threw away your best porno mag. This is one of their best lyrics because unlike 99% of their lyrics, it actually expresses a coherent thought because most of their lyrics are just nonsense that rhymes. Uh-huh. But I have so many questions about this lyric. Why? Did your mom only throw away your best porno mag? She knows where your porn is. She gets into it. She finds the best one and she throws it away. What kind of absolutely fucked up relationship do you have with your mom (laughs) where she's like, he's jacking off to this one too much. I can tell. (laughs) I'm going to throw that one away and leave the rest. These pages are glued too much together. Seriously. Can you imagine how expensive these psychiatrist bills are. That's an expensive therapy bill. I have so many questions about it all. Your mom threw away your best porno mag. It implies so much. Do I think this is his best one? Do I think that's his best one? Why is she trying to figure it out? Why is she trying to deprive you of the best one? Is your mom jealous of you jacking off to the- Here's a question. Did she ask him? What if she said- Is this the one that you like the most? Exactly. I'm throwing it in the trash. Exactly, yeah. Oh, mom. She laid them all on the table and she said, which one of these do you beat yourself off to the most? Oh, mom. And then she threw away the best one. Here's a Beastie Boys lyric. I did it like this. I did it like that. I did it with a wiffle ball bat. Did what? Exactly. The it that he's talking about in this line is presumably having sex with a girl. Oh, that's weird. I totally thought you were going to say he shoved it up his ass. I did it like this. I did it like that. I did it with a wiffle ball bat. You fucked a girl with a wiffle ball bat? This is what makes it frat boy music. Frat boys don't like music that's remotely intelligent. And if they do try to put together something that makes sense, it's some shit you know never happened. They have a song where they, it's this whole like fantasy about slapping their teacher in school and going to the bathroom to smoke weed or like physically assaulting and robbing people 
guys, everyone knows you didn't do that. No, come on, dude. They didn't even, they're probably the most normal kids of all time. I don't think that the Beastie Boys are rap. I don't think that they are. I don't think they ever, ever were. Yeah. I think it's revisionist history to say that they were important to rap music. I definitely don't think they were important to rap music. It's an insult to the genre. Totally agree with that. Have you ever been listening to a rap station and heard a Beastie Boys song? No. You've never heard the Beastie Boys on rap radio, and there is a great reason why. Yeah, because it's not rap. Not rap. No. They never even had a song on the rap charts, as far as I know. No, I don't think so. And why would they? Because it's not rap. It's samples of rock music and mouth sounds. 100%. Anyway, in 2013, Rolling Stone magazine named License to Ill the best debut album of all time by any act in any genre, which is just completely <laughs> stupefying to me. What? Yup. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. Rolling Stone magazine, do you doubt that for a second? That's really difficult to wrap my head around, dude. This is what's crazy if you think about it. They sold 51 million records worldwide. Almost like if enough people say the rap, then all of a sudden it becomes true. This to me brings white privilege into it again. Everyone who matters in this genre is fighting for a whole slew of other rights. Real hip-hop or good hip-hop, some of the best hip-hop, is them actually telling their real-life fucking stories. Thought experiment. Yeah. Thought experiment. Thinking. Take the Beastie Boys music. Mm -hmm. It's black people doing it instead. Yeah. Do you think anyone cares? No, I don't know. That's a good question. Not at the time, no. I promise you no one would care. Especially not at the time. This is an example of white people being called geniuses for doing some shit that if non-white people had done it, nobody would even have thought it was good. Because it would have gotten compared to much better rap. Eminem, who, let me be extremely clear if everyone is fucking loading their Glocks right now, (laughs) great rapper. Eminem has acknowledged this about his own career. In the song, White America, Eminem says, let's do the math. If I was black, I would have sold half. You know, what's interesting is on that topic too, I read a thing somebody said that Beastie Boys paved the way for people like Eminem. Um, What? They didn't. It's not even close to the same thing. There's no way that License to Ill was the first number one rap album in America because it was just that good. Yeah. Anyone who thinks that License to Ill deserves this award that it will always have. It was the first rap album to go number one on the Billboard charts. Think about that. Fucking Beastie Boys License to Ill, which they have apologized for, (laughs) is the first fucking rap album to go number one on Billboard. That is a stain on this entire genre's history in this country. And it will forever. Always. Forever be there. Always. That's fucked. The Beastie Boys have this distinction forever. And people say they were just joking How many insults to an entire genre of music can we just pile on to each other? You know, this is incredibly insulting. Apologizing for it doesn't make it better. It makes it worse. It makes it worse. If you could have stuck to your guns, at least you could have pretended like it was good. Exactly. It, It just makes it worse. So then we get to the next album. Paul's Boutique. For some reason, 
This is regarded by critics as still a genius album because they never apologize for it. But if you go listen to it, it's the same shit sampling funk music instead of rock music. It's just the same shit. But people think it's this genius album because there's this massive leap in production quality. And guess what? Not a single fucking member of the Beastie Boys has anything to do with that. It's the Dust Brothers. Not really their music. Not only did the Dust Brothers produce this album, it's essentially a Dust Brothers album that the Dust Brothers had made for themselves. The Beastie Boys heard it, bought it, rapped over it. This was just going to be a Dust Brothers album. Fuck the Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys launches a lustrous career of Rick Rubin, the world's laziest record producer. Oh my God. The hobo of record production. It's surprising that we haven't dedicated more time across all the episodes of this podcast. There are so many. Two talking shit on Rick Rubin. I forget sometimes how many bands that we've covered he's produced oh, at I least know. one of their records. Well, and the reason why you forget it is because he contributes zero. <laughs> <laughs> This is why when the Beasties go from license to ill over to working with the Dust Brothers, everyone's like, oh my God, critical acclaim. Let's fucking dump all the praise on them. It's because they're working with an actual producer. Right. And then after Paul's Boutique, everything just gets schizophrenic as fuck. They're just grasping at straws, trying to figure out anything they can do to stay relevant. If you just press play on an album, it's a crazy experience. It sounds like different bands contributing tracks to a compilation album or something. There's no coherent statements. It's just random stuff jumbled together in a track listing. There's more yelling than rapping, more techno sounds and heavier metal sounds than rock sounds. I mean, there's no way that even the most hardcore Beastie Boys fan could sit here and tell us that they like every song on a Beastie Boys there's album. There's no way. No way. No, 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 no way. No, 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 no. I think people think Brass Monkey or You Gotta Fight Right Fair Party <laughs> and that's how they define the Beastie Boys in their head and maybe you throw an intergalactic. Those are the songs that they mush together and like Beastie Boys are amazing. Have you actually ever listened to it? Well, every album is just so all over the place. It's really like they just... Spastic. It's kind of like a bunch of ADD kids sat down and jammed stuff and together. And did everything that someone said. Right. It's like someone, oh, you know what we could do? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, Let's do, do that. It. And then they do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Even a song like Sabotage. Oh, I forgot about Sabotage. You're listening to the whole album of Ill Communication. It's such a weird experience. It's almost like they tried to sequence the tracks in the way that made the least amount of sense. If you're listening to the album, when Sabotage comes on... It's completely out of nowhere. It's almost like the song before it, there was an error at the printing factory and it ends 30 seconds early and now you're listening to Sabotage. Boom, right into Sabotage. It's so fucking weird. Does anyone else hate watching video of the Beastie Boys performing Sabotage? Have you ever seen this? I've seen it a bunch of times. Didn't they do like a MTV Music Awards? What the or something? fuck are you guys doing? Why are you standing still at a microphone, strumming a guitar and rapping? What's happened? Why are you not running all over the stage to this high energy song you're standing there like your shoes are glued to the fucking floor i think it's because truly the beastie boys still wanted to be a punk rock band all those years later they just wish they were a hardcore band here's a concession i'll make i will concede that the sabotage music video is obviously one of the greatest music videos by spike spike jones jones yeah 
It's the cop one, right? Yeah, the uh, cop show, car chase. For the time, actually, it was awesome. Yeah, as far as music videos go, if you want to know how we feel about Spike Jones and what he brings to the table with a band, you're going to want to go ahead and backtrack to the Weezer episode of this podcast in which we detail how no one would ever even talk about that band if it wasn't for Spike Jones. Thanks, Spike. Thanks for that one. And this one. Maybe we should do an episode on Spike Jones. I'm a pretty hardcore Spike Jones fanboy. It would be difficult really? for me to do that yeah oh. he's great no have you seen adaptation yeah it's great no dude nicholas you and me are gonna have a problem <laughs> we're gonna have a problem right now nicholas cage playing twins it's everything i, I want think he's movie. overrated i would argue snow was better than the beastie boys in forma vanilla ice is a better rapper vanilla ice is better than the beastie boys i mean that i will go on record saying that right now i think he was a better rapper i think he was a better songwriter better entertainer way better entertainer Funny, fun. I think he was just better all around. Anyways, back to the shit show known as the Beastie Boys. 1988, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five dropped their second album. It's called On the Strength. Listen to the whole thing because it fucking crushes. But also, one of the highlights for me personally is track three, a song called Yo Baby, in which Grandmaster Melly Mel clearly says the words, The Beastie Boys Suck. Which is the title of this episode. So <laughs> shout out Grandmaster Melly Mel. Full faith and credit. Yeah. He came up with this shit before we ever even thought about it. He paved the way. And the year before that, Cool Mo D put out his second album that included a report card for all the rappers who were on the scene at the time. Cool Mo D rated everyone in categories and gave them an overall grade. Guess who got the lowest score? Beastie Boys. It was the Beastie Boys. <laughs> Yo, boy. That's right. The Beastie Boys got the only C on the entire report card. And if you think Cool Modi was just talking shit and not handing out serious grades, he was in the middle of a feud with LL Cool J at the time that this report card was issued, and he still gave LL an A on that report card and even rated LL higher than himself in certain categories on that report card. So this is not a dude that's just like, fuck the Beastie Boys just to talk shit and hate on them. This is his fucking real thoughts. Worst on the scene at the time. Maybe ever. Also, what kind of cuck starts off as a wannabe rapper and ends up a Buddhist? Oh, shit. Oh, man. If your favorite band is the Beastie Boys, your favorite band sucks. You're welcome for another great episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. All right, listen, I'm still hungover from last night, so this isn't going to take very long. You know the drill. If this is the first episode you've heard, hit the subscribe button or else go fuck yourself. Send this episode to everyone you know or else go fuck yourself, etc., etc. Yeah, I lied about the Steely Dan episode. Again, blah, blah, blah. Check it out. You would not believe the fucking hate mail Mark and I have gotten for the last couple episodes of this show, and this episode's gonna be about ten times worse. So, if you think I'm announcing a week in advance that we're doing an episode about how much Slayer sucks or the Beastie Boys suck, you're Looney Tunes. There's no way I'm gonna deal with a full week of people getting all pissed off about this shit before it even comes out. And that's why I've been lying about there being a Steely Dan episode. You happy? There's your explanation. 
Now, next week, we're getting back to some less dangerous territory and doing an episode on the Goblin King himself, David Bowie. See you there.